I really wish I had more money in my life so I could have bought you that Death Rider jacket, Blake. <laughs> you know what? That if only maybe <laughs> maybe we can find one at a discount because I, because I know for a fact that you would have worn it in public. <laughs> Goddamn right. Make it plaid. What is your what kind of tryhard jacket is that, Blake? It says Death Rider on the back. <laughs> you put some respect on that name. <laughs> Hey, you don't know who the fuck you're talking about, and I expect you to treat him with some respect. His name is Shooter, and I love him. Welcome to Fight Boys, a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. I'm the living embodiment of the trash can Io Shirai dove into, Scotty Moore. <laughs> I am a man that sorely needs a Death Rider jacket, Blake Tanner. <laughs> I am the insane icon, the Dylan. Oh, man. I, I do want to apologize for last week, because the two-week rule, really, I didn't even need two weeks, because Sting fucking killed it this week. I went from, man, fuck Sting, to I fucking love Sting! And I think it might be because he shit on Cody Rhodes. <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> you remember You remember uh, the Wrestling Isn't Wrestling video, like, a while yeah. back, when Triple H got over because he shit on John Cena? That's really what <laughs> Cody is. Cody is AEW's John Cena. Everybody gets behind anyone who's shitting on Cody. The minute, except Shaq. Yeah. The oh no, Shaq. Did, okay, hold on. Let's just get. We'll start with AEW because holy shit, that fucking segment where Shaq's just <laughs> like, man, I was just trying to have some fun with Cody on Twitter, and now everybody's acting like I'm gonna fight Cody. I don't know what this is all about. It's basically Shaq coming out and cutting an anti-promo, saying, yeah, no, I ain't about to do this shit. Fuck you. A fucking anti-promo is the best way to put that, because he does not want to until the, until the end where where he was a little bitch to Brandy, and she was just like, man, fuck you. <laughs> and then he, he liked a cartoon character. He turned into a cartoon character as he looked into the camera like, what? what i do Steve <laughs> tried to make a new meme he did yeah <laughs> oh, I, I love me. ratchet brandy she's so good she is very very good like when she goes a little too far it's weird but like this was the perfect level this week when she stood up Shaq just made a little joke and that was enough for her to be like nah fuck you that was not a little joke it was for Shaq, because he's a very big man. Okay. Uh, Listen, there were a lot of... There were several women-centric segments. There was the beatdown backstage. Yeah. But it was only, like, one minute long. To I, My phrase I used in my review was, if you pissed at the wrong times, you would not know this is a storyline. Because outside of that Shaq segment, everything's been, like, a one-minute beatdown in the back. Oh, that's a quick beatdown. Abaddon doesn't get paid by the minute. Oh, that was good. The fact that I think she was facing Tasha, and Tasha just started off the match looking at her like, no, nah, I'm good, actually. I'm fucking good, and then just gets wrecked. Her new, and I don't know if she's pulled this out on Dark, but Abaddon's new finisher, or at least because it's the first time I saw it as new, 
is devastating. The back, the reverse backpack stunner, where it looks like she breaks you mean, their you neck. Mean the, you mean the widow's peak that Victoria used her whole career? Oh shit! Is that what it is? I would. Yeah. I'm not big on. She's been she's been using it for like since her like third match. Yeah, because what was it? Her but uh, actually, she used it. She used it every match after the match she beat Anna Jay by doing a sliding body uh Yeah, because that was the one we were like, she's great, she needs to change her finisher, and then AEW said, yes, she does, let's give her this, and have her murder motherfuckers. Did y'all see uh, Sheeta's response to uh, people saying that she was afraid of fighting Abaddon again? And she, she's, Space, you survive a great white once, you're still gonna be scared of sharks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... I, then again, I did like how like like it was that was the best babyface thing. She got there, she looked scared, but she's like, nah, fuck it, and she like goes for it, and then she ECW cracks Abaddon <laughs> across the head. Baseball, <laughs> like swung. you heard that? I went, yeah, I gotta I gotta be honest. Whatever whatever that that uh, that segment happens, all that I heard in in the back of my head was Cody Rhodes. I'm gonna take head sh- shots to the head back. For the boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, hmm. Oh come on! She did the Kane and Undertaker like sit up from the. Th- I mean, oh, she's yeah. bringing it back. That was great. I love everything about this woman. I love love her, love her match style. Love her makeup. Uh, I love her makeup more because when you see pictures of her without it, you're like, oh, you were at you were very attractive. You work very hard to look this horrifying. Uh-huh. And the fact that she comes out with blood in her mouth that just slowly oozes out as the match goes on is fucking phenomenal. I still want them to get Living Dead Girl for her. And uh, final news from AEW, they made the New York Times, which is more than WWE can ever fucking say... Because apparently they had a top performances of 2020 thing on the NY- in the New York Times, and Ladiner Debonair made it on there. And uh, they the it says some weeks the athleticism at this professional wrestling startup is more exciting than anything happening in Vince McMahon's empire. Correct, and no one in the WWE has this kid's combination of diction, Juilliard by the way of Long Island, intensity or cheesiness. Even when Friedman's lost his cool. He still has his astounding control. He's part heel, part to part tool, and good fellow wannabe. <laughs> He's smooth in a way that should r- worry Ric Flair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, MJF, in response to this, Jericho was just like, "Yeah, we did great. Everyone loves it, except for the New <laughs> the Louisville dipshit times." <laughs> but MJF then. And what I, I was worried, because I thought he had broke kayfabe, but he turned it around at the last minute. He goes, my grandpa just died of cancer. Holy shit. His biggest love was music, and he led one of the best party bands of all time. I grew up going to his house every week, and he just tells this long story uh, about how phenomenal that his grandfather was, and the fact that this segment was brought about because of his grandfather, but then he ends it by saying, he loved every second of mine and CJ's rendition of Me and My Shadow, and so did the New York Times. So basically what I'm getting at is Chris, me, and the spirit of my papa would like to say, eat shit, turds! Oh, that's, that's amazing in the way that it's like, yeah, I mean, he's got a point. 
Yeah. It's not like he can't be wholesome and a dick at the same time. He somehow managed to fucking do that. It's he's just, got a point, Sting. He he Hall just, of Fame. He's so good. Like you can tell he loves professional wrestling more than anything, and he's so smart. And I hate that everything he brags about in promos is right. When he's like, I'm the youngest veteran of all time. I have gone farther than anybody in my short tenure in wrestling. And I'm like, well, he ain't wrong. He ain't fucking wrong there. How old is he? I think he's only like 22. Like, maybe 23 now. Let me see. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, 24. 24 new uh also new story that apparently just came out mjf's ex-girlfriend just called him out on social media it Uh-oh. was oh. oh that's right i forgot he used to date alley cat uh one fan tweeted out a drawing of mjf holding a cat like a james bond villain mjf didn't appreciate it and he replied saying i hate cats and alley replied with yeah we know <laughs> so good <laughs> Oh, man, I'm happy she... Because apparently their breakup was rough, but we're not going to get into personal life. We're going to get into WWE, and oh, fuck. By the way, speaking of people that accomplished... No, by the, no. By the way, speaking of WWE and people that accomplished more than MGF, you knew Brock Lesnar oh, yeah. was, like, universal champion at, like, 23 or 22 or 23, yeah, right? Yeah, but he had, like, NCAA championship reigns. He had, like, a, a long athletic history before him. He beat Hulk Hogan. He did. Uh, he MGF beat Chris Jericho, which I will argue is AEW's that, No, equivalent. that is not the same thing. That is not the same thing. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. I'm just getting see ya. Bye, Blake. No, I'm saying MJF's done a lot, and he does not have the athletic badassery of a Brock Lesnar. He was on Rosie O'Donnell. Like, I think for what he started with, he has come a very long way. But on to WWE, where Big E got his chalk back, and I'm very happy. He's got his old uh, old entrance. What are we? Are we? Are we going to come back around to Sting? Yeah, we'll come. We started off staying, and then we'll we'll come back to him without a doubt. Um, but yeah, Biggie's got a new entrance to which everybody's like, "Oh no, is he out of the new day?" And Biggie's like, "You can't fucking make me. You can't make me leave them. Those are my boys." It's like absolutely not. The, the, they are fighting so much to stay together against everything. I yeah. think. I think they're trying to break them up by not breaking them up and that sucks even worse the only upsetting thing about biggie's new entrance is the fact that it doesn't begin with three ain't enough no i need five boom boom instead i think it's done by wale i think biggie comes out to a wale song which is kind of more badass yeah i'm down with it (laughs) i just need him he either needs to make the big ending look more impactful, or he needs something more brutal, like to bear hug somebody down. You know? Yeah, that's. I, but it's, he's swish him against his man titties. He's had it for so long. Like I think it would be a Death Rider situation. Like he would just have to modify it to maybe a, well, not a cutter either, because he's such a big boy that you do want like a slam. Flosion. Turn it. Turn it into a flosion. Just he just emerald flosions people. Yeah, I would. I would buy that. Big ending indeed. 
in other news, they have announced a few of the matches that they're looking at for WrestleMania 37. Uh, Edge Orton is still penciled in, so that whole Edge Fiend rumor may not be coming true. Uh, then for the for fuck's sake, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's still a thing. And then what is it with Randy Orton and like rivalries that won't die? I mean, it was it, it was it was the greatest show. It was this the greatest show. wrestling match of all time. You got to have the three peat here. Um, no, no, it was it was from from the bits I've seen. It was mediocre. It was the most okayest match of all time. It was the okayest match of all time. Just, we talked it about was it. Just so you okay. had you had one eh should have been cinematic match. One eh other match. Meanwhile. Orton then went on to fucking face Drew six times. Like, his yeah. his unending rivalry with John Cena is the stuff of infamous legend. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like it's like Randy just starts working with somebody and says, no, let's keep doing this. I like I, it. I don't want to do anything else. Vince, Vince is just like, we need something for Randy, dude. Just keep him in that feud. Yeah, just keep him there. Um, in addition, we are going to have... Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre versus Keith Lee. I'm I'm sorry. Triple threat. What was the first part of that sentence? It was Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, no, no. Keith Lee. Yeah, yeah. How? I'm sorry. I clearly missed something somewhere. How did Brock Lesnar come back? <laughs> well, uh, probably disappointingly, knowing their track record. Probably gonna. Sh- Probably show up at the Rumble, and then maybe they do a a, a double a double uh, elimination with him and Lee. But even then, I don't know. Well, because, like, Paul's on SmackDown with what? Roman. Paul can be wherever. Paul can be everywhere and Actually, nowhere. oh my god, I would, I would almost pay money to watch Head of the Table Roman Reigns versus the Beast Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. And Paul Heyman for, in a for shark control of, For control of Paul Heyman's <laughs> non-existent soul. Paul Heyman on a pole match. That is the one pole match I will allow them to do. Um, and then finally, I know you said Roman versus Lesnar, but unfortunately Roman's going to be busy. Because in case you haven't heard, Roman Reigns, you're next. <laughs> The match we never got because God blessed us with COVID-19. Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. And they've already started because Goldberg is calling out Roman on social media. And Roman has immediately blown it off. Roman was immediately like, yeah, I don't I don't wait in line. I decide who's next. Right now who's next is Kevin Owens. And I'm going to destroy him at TLC. But, uh, yeah, apparently old, old uh, Goldie's coming back. <laughs> hmm. You know what would have been better? Heath if, like, Slater, Kevin Owens, anything, anybody. If, you know, the only way I would accept Goldberg coming back is if Kevin won and he got to avenge his, like, 10-second loss back yeah. when he was Universal t- Champion the first time. Well, they wouldn't do will, that, though. At this point, though, I will also I will also accept Sammy and Kevin winning the tag team titles at WrestleMania, so that or Kevin can get his Sammy versus Kevin Sammy versus Kevin ladder war intercontinental title on the line. Have it have that happen. Have Daniel lose his feud with Sammy, 
win the Rumble, Daniel versus Roman Reigns, the People's Champion versus fucking Roman in a main event match. That one has a story completely built into it. It is the Golden Boy versus who everyone else wanted to win the title, and then Kevin versus Sammy. But they won't give that to us because Goldberg! Goldberg! Man, I really love that you could just get a fantasy book again in under two minutes now. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that that, I'm glad he's been able to truncate it so that you and I didn't have to just leave the room. <laughs> no, no, wait, guys, here's what happened. We just, we just, bo- we just, yeah, we just both leave, like, just text us when you're done. Just text us. We don't want to watch this. We don't want <laughs> The reason why I love fantasy booking so much is how... How easily I can make a better show than WWE's doing, but they still refuse to hire me as a writer. Like, it's just so easy, because, like, here's the big story they've got coming on. Since Elias got electrocuted last week, he's a preacher now, I think. And also, he's aligned himself with that fuck what supports Donald Trump. So Elias is now dead in the water, unfortunately. God damn it. All right. I was like, oh, good. Wait, he's out which, of the j- wait, wait. Which, which fuck is that? You're going to have to be more oh, specific. Uh, Chris Jericho. No, uh, Jackson Riker. Jax, uh, who was who was he in TNA? Not Magnus. Gunner. Gunner. That's right. God, TNA had some dumb as fuck names, didn't they? Because when you re- you look back, you're like, wait, was he Magnus? Was he Crimson? Who the fuck was this one? Oh, yeah, that's right. But yeah. Magnus? You mean the guy that's still Magnus and the NWA champion? <laughs> he's Nick Aldis now. He's not Magnus. Did Please tell me he's not going by Magnus now. No. Okay. Um, so that would be a, that would be a great thing if he calls something like the Magnus Lock. Yeah. So it could be like the Magnum Lock? What? The, but, uh, oh, yeah, the Mag Lock. Uh, apparently because uh, apparently because he survived getting electrocuted, he thinks the Lord has blessed him or something. So they're trying to take the whole walk with Elias thing and turn it into <laughs> when there were. Gee, only- thanks, Jeff Hardy. <laughs> when there were only two set, <laughs> when there was only one set of footprints, that's when Elias walked with you. Uh, uh, now hold on, how many different like? Profits are we going to have in WWE before this year is over? Well, we've got the street ones, so now we just have to have a normal one. Let me see. Elias. We got Elias. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. There's apparently an actual preacher named John Elias, so I'm going to have to get a little bit more specific with what I'm looking up. Uh, this is not from him. This is from Jackson, who just tweeted, I will walk with wonder what the last word is wonder what that was going to be constipation (laughs) i will walk with trump uh since this news article's up here as well who had no wait hold on okay will will he walk with trump into the dumpster because that's the only way that i could enjoy that Yeah, yeah yeah wait aren't Aren't the Forgotten Sons paired with someone else right now? Yeah, they're paired with... It isn't... Baron Corbin. Yeah, it is. Yeah. God, Man, that whole... He's, he's their latest duo, because Baron gets a new one every year. He's upgraded to the latest model. 
I don't know. That's a bit of a downgrade from the Swiss artists. See, I remember reading that and immediately just going, okay, I don't have to watch SmackDown today. That's cool. That's cool. I don't have to worry about this episode of SmackDown. Uh, but as I was saying earlier... By the way, once you uh, once you pointed out the Roman sandwich that is SmackDown, it's been really hard to see anything else. Yeah. It is. It is full on two slices of whole wheat Roman with some Sami Zayn shit thrown in. And uh, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, and I'm shocked I haven't made it a heel. But commentary during a Sami Zayn match may be the worst thing WWE does. And they've done a lot of bad shit. Worse than Saudi Arabia, <laughs> these commentators are. Because, like, because Cole is playing a heel babyface commentator, if that makes sense. Because any he does it. Yeah, because if any if the baby face does anything heelish, he's immediately like, Well, that was okay, right? And he's just talking shit about Sammy the whole time, and I'm like, Your job is to be impartial. And you're actually better than you used to be. But just this one match, it ruins it every like se- I have to mute the television now. I love that like Overall, how he's acting is better until Sami Zayn comes out. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's like he fucking hates Sami Zayn so much. What does he hate the People's Champion? It's like AEW and because uh, he hates and, the and, people. It's like Eddie AEW and Eddie Kingston. They're just like, no, fuck this guy, fuck this. Nerd. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston worked hard for that <laughs> hatred. <laughs> Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston personally fucked with each one of them individually. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of AEW and WWE, um, who had Snoop Dogg having heat with WWE management on their bingo card for 2020? Because I certainly didn't, but they announced him for New Year's. Wait, hold on. Whatever. I don't have that one, but I have the... I have the sub bingo card of Snoop Dogg uh, not giving a shit. Does that count? That <laughs> counts. <laughs> No, that actually no. Maybe. That's your free space. That was the free space, free space that you got. Free, got it. Got it. All right, I'm still in the game. I'm still in the game. Wait a minute, y'all telling me this ain't WW? <laughs> Wait, but Cody Rose is here, and that Jericho fellow. Why? What are y'all talking about? Snoop? No, this is AEW. It's on a completely different network. Yeah, but Fox. I thought it was one of those deals. Snoop? No, you're on a different show. Ah, fuck, man. I'm sorry. Well, they pay me a shit ton of money to be here, and I gotta promote the big show. Wait, go big show. I'm sorry is the name. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I love like, you. I don't know why WWE is mad. I mean, he's on a show on TBS. Of course they would put him on the show on TNT. Yeah, exactly. That the guy that he co-stars with is on there. Some Somebody put you know, it... I... I can't even pretend to give a shit anymore. I really... Yeah. Every time WWE does something, like, I can't... I don't... Go ahead, Blake. I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. As somebody on Reddit has put it, Snoop has had people who've hated him so much they've tried to kill him. I think he'll manage with <laughs> WWE. Yeah. Uh, on, on to NXT. The the big scary boy is back. Karrion Cross is back, and I am happy that he's feuding with Damian Priest, so I don't have to care that much about his storylines. It's weird that he didn't immediately go after Finn, but Scarlet did for some reason? Like, Scarlet went after him, but then Karrion just decided to attack 
Damien Priest for some reason. Also, Austin Theory's teamed with Johnny Gargano, so we're going to have to throw that entire storyline out the fucking window. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that later, aren't we? Yeah, they're called The oh, Way on, You now. got that great line when he took the mask off. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> oh, that's good. I, that was I the heard good that thing. It was that me. was very good. Yeah. But yeah, that happened. It was a good... It, that was probably one of the good, better moments of War Games, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, back to AEW and back to fucking Sting, because the best part of that wasn't Sting, it wasn't Cody. It was me realizing something they've been drawing comparisons with for a while, and it's, oh yeah, Darby sitting in the cheap seats is like Sting in the rafters, isn't it? And it wasn't until Sting said, I can't remember the exact quote, but he was like, things are looking real familiar around here, and then it cut to him in the uh, in the audience, and I went, oh shit, that is what that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, because he points, he's like, and that looks very familiar. Yeah, exactly. And then it's Darby, like the championship, brooding up there. And apparently he will be wrestling, is, is what I've heard. Apparently Sting will be wrestling, which I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. It's. I mean, it's to be Sting. fair, to be okay, to be fair, if he has been doing the shit like Kevin Nash and like Rey Mysterio has been doing, where he goes to South America to get fucking like stem cell treatment, yeah, yeah. then. Yeah, I I'm all I'm not I'm not all for it. I'm all for it if he doesn't wear a T-shirt. I really hated T-shirt Sting. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? T-shirt he, Sting was he did wrestle in a shirt when he did he when he fought Rollins. I can't remember because I think he only, of his two matches. I think he stuck with the the unitard. Like I think he had that the whole time. I I I do not remember offhand now do you think when darby finally defeats sting in combat he can wear full face paint do you think that's what this is all about yeah he's he's going to take stings but i will but i will pay good money to see darby and darby in in that full like singlet outfit (laughs) someone today i've also realized (laughs) someone asked me explain darby allen to me and i said He's a crazy man what skateboards and sets himself on fire inside of churches. And also, he doesn't know that gravity exists, so he just does some crazy shit. And part of me did want to get into the backstory of like, yeah, well, one of his relatives died in a car accident, which is why he wears half face paint and can't feel pain anymore. God, I forget. I- Man, I'm I'm thankful that there are stories like Darby Allen's in the world because it really really brings wrestling back home. Yeah, it really does, right? It's it's really easy. You're just like, I need you to just take all of like the angst that you had listening to music in the 2000s and I need you to just distill that into a skater kid. Yeah. Then I need you to paint half his face like a skull. Imagine just if, half. Imagine if Hot Topic was a person. <laughs> it's Darby Allen. It's Darby Allen. Imagine if Corey Graves was cool. It's Darby <laughs> Allen. <laughs> but you know I don't have enough imagination for that yeah it's like they they locked him in a room and had did nothing but play My Chemical Romance and uh, A Clockwork Orange on the screen (laughs) yes oh man but you know who's always cool with me 
our patrons at patreon.com slash a load of BS, the website where you can support us and get access to exclusive content like Wrestling History X, or you get to watch me and Blake react to old episodes of JWF Monday Night War, and let me tell you, they're all shit. They're all terrible. <laughs> Although, the, the latest one we reviewed, we did cut some good promos. It just was... When we started doing a match and I hit Stone Cold Steve Austin with three consecutive stunners, that I said, maybe we weren't good at this back then. And you can get that and access to our Discord where you hang out, chat with us, have a great time, watch wrestling at patreon.com slash a load of BS, which means it's now time. It's time, boys. Who are we annoying? Ah, yes, that time. It's that <laughs> time. So, we should tweet at Sting. Oh, no! Like I wanted to last week. Okay, we can do that. I mean, if this continues our streak of WCW guys blocking us, I don't know if this is a good vibe, but yeah, let's do it. Hey, Sting. Please bring back the insane icon. <laughs> Hashtag Joker Sting Watch. <laughs> Joker all one word. Joker Sting Watch. I'm I'm real proud of him. He had to have been on Twitter early or bought it, but the fact that he did get at Sting makes it real easy on me to find him. Oh man, my you can com- see how long he's been a member. My computer is chug a lugging right now. Oh god! But uh, while I do this, would you boys like to get into your heels and baby faces of the week? He's been on it since 2012. Damn, Sting! Sting was early on Twitter. Well, no, Twitter existed in like 2008. Yeah, but that's still whatever. All right. Uh, Dylan, would you like to get into it with your heel of the week? Right, so I watch a lot of AEW Dark. Every week I watch the the full thing, despite the fact that it's late at night and I normally almost fell asleep. Uh, I don't skip a lot of it. I skip the waiting room with Britt Baker because I hate Britt Baker. Um, Almost undeservedly so, I will say. At this point, I just, I, 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 listen, it's one of those things, like, there are wrestlers where, like, they just start going, and, like, I recognize she's talented, and the stuff that she's doing is good, I just don't like seeing her or listening to her, like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's like X-Pac heat, like, for some reason, it's just her. Now, I want you to remember that you just made that point a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> Come to your house. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, that's about the only thing I'll skip. I might not pay attention to everything. Some matches, you know, might not catch my interest or like they'll start. I'm just like, eh. There's only one match. There's only one match that I will skip every week, and that is having to watch the fucking gun club. Yeah. Like walk <laughs> yeah. around. Like there is. My God, there is no no group I've ever seen come out where I was just like, man. Who's the third? It's like every bad part about D. It's like. Who's the third guy? Because it's Billy, his son, and who's the And his other son. Oh, no. They got, they're growing. They're multiplying. 
Yeah, yeah. So um, Austin is his younger son, and then his older son now joined the group. Bart. So it's really funny. So, like, Billy Gunn is, like, 6'4", like, 280 or something. Yeah. Austin is, like, heavy but shorter, and his other son is taller but skinnier. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like fucking Boo from DBZ. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, and it's, like, I I can't, I just, I don't know what it is, but, like, I I don't want to watch them wrestle. Yeah. Like, they're it's just so painfully, like, neutral that I'm just like, nah, I can, nothing, nothing's gonna happen, they're never involved in the storyline, it's never going anywhere, there's no growth for the group. I will say, I did. uh Their matches just exist. Their matches just exist to get Austin, uh, like, a win, like, number, so that when they eventually push him to something that I'm not going to give a shit about, <laughs> Jesus. like, they have that. But, man, it's real. It's now, real whatever. And they always go up against jobbers, so I can't give a shit about the other team. <laughs> yeah, now is Austin Super Boo or Kid Boo? Which one is Austin? <laughs> no, no, no. Billy is super boo and then there's like there's normal boo then there's majin boo which is which is austin and then nega majin boo which is the other son (laughs) which is the short fat one and the tall skinny one and if you combine them you'd get billy gun (laughs) i will say and this is not this has nothing to do with the gun club but it is a team that's on dark a lot i assume uh, I didn't realize how fucking badass the Varsity Blondes were until this week. I think they took on FTR on Dynamite, and holy shit, they're good. On Dynamite, yeah. Yeah. They took on Reynolds and uh, Cabana, which was a good match. Um, mm-hmm. I do agree with Taz, though. They're not blonde. Yeah. The name doesn't fucking work. Also- Actually, no. Brian Brian just needs to be like his dad and then just have, like, bits of blonde in his hair. Because that's yeah. why it worked for Brian Pillman Sr. He wasn't that blonde either. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, But Griff is a terrible Steve Austin, because Steve <laughs> Austin had, like, just beautiful blonde hair. Not a lot of it, but he had it. <laughs> it was up there. Um, also, speaking <laughs> I of... I mean, uh, no, no, stunning Steve Austin had good hair. Yeah. Speaking of he Silver He was like a glorious and, uh, lion. Speaking of Silver and Reynolds, by the way, temporary babyface of the week does have to go to them when they were interviewing Hangman, and they go, you don't have tag partners this week, what are you going to do? And then they both just pop up in cowboy hats and go, you looking for a partner? We can give you a partner, baby, yeah! Yeah, are you looking for, are you looking, are you looking for partners? Partner? And then Hangman's like, how long have you guys been down there? (laughs) Seven, seven minutes. Yeah, seven minutes. <laughs> I will say, uh, this may be giving away a few of our fight awards, but, like, I don't think there's been a singular segment with Hangman Page that I've not liked. I don't think I've ever seen Hangman Page in a segment where I said, no, I don't like this. I don't like what he's doing right. I don't think there's a member of the roster that can say that outside of Hangman Page. But, uh, <laughs> that might be true. Onto my heel of the week, and it's a guy who I famously hate, 
And he, he gave me more reason to hate him this week. And it is Pat motherfucking McAfee, who, I, before War Games, I at least had come around to, okay, he's the heel. He's playing his role. He's doing it good. He's playing a good heel. And I will accept that. And then War Games happened. And it I have multiple problems with the men's War Games match. The fucking tables with the names on them that only two of the Undisputed Era decided to use their appropriate table. But... There to be a- fair, they may have aborted that after they realized that Bobby was injured. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right, Bobby. No, because Bobby's fucking went through the right table. Bobby yeeted a boy through the fish table. <laughs> but uh, that- Yeah, but now he's... That happened. Then he was like, okay, I'm out. And earlier in the match, there was a moment where Pat, I can't remember who he was going against, but grabbed him by the leg, went, woo, and put on a figure four. And I said, okay, he's doing this because he's a mark, and it would be a fun moment for any of us marks to get in the ring and put on, slap on a figure four. So in that moment, I said, okay, it's okay. He's playing the heelish mark who's doing marky wrestling things. And then... Undisputed Era start fighting the rest of the kings of NXT, who they don't call them that anymore, but for some reason it stuck with us. Um, And then Pat's on the top of the fucking cage and leaps off, which is another Mark moment. But as I described in our chat, that wasn't Pat McAfee, the character being a Mark. That was Pat McAfee, the human being, being a Mark for himself and saying, you know what would get me laid if I could show a cool-ass clip of me jumping off the top of this cage, it'd be really cool. Because if you are coming from the character of Pat McAfee, who is a mark for himself, he is a heel, he's a cowardly heel, which is why he has recruited the scariest motherfuckers in NXT, and they even pull a moment later where he does play cowardly heel when all of Undisputed Air is staring at him, It doesn't make sense for him to climb to the top and jump off because that is a scary fucking thing to do. (laughs) By that logic, it didn't make sense for him to climb to the top of the ring post and fucking jump to the outside. The ring post is different. That is nowhere near as high as the top of the war game cell. That is a... And what's bad is if they still wanted to do the spot, they could fix it. Because in my opinion, that kind of high spot works well for a babyface and works well for a heel if the heel eats shit. And I, He did. I, did you not notice them not catch him? <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone okay. fell. The best way, that, in my opinion, if Pat was like, yeah, I'm jumping off the cell, fuck you, is have Undisputed Era fight, look up, realize what's about to happen, and just shove the Kings into him. So that means he takes out his team, stands up, and then we get the, oh god, all of my, my insurance policy is currently on the ground after being squished by a thick boy. I'm fucked. Like, that would have been a good moment. But that wasn't the moment that really made me angry at Pat McAfee. What made me really angry was end of the match when he gets hit with a fucking Panama Sunrise Adam Cole spirit bomb, if we're going to keep making DBZ references, and he kicks out of it. It's not like Oni ran over and broke up the pin, which he could have done easily because Oni was right there. Pat was such a mark for himself that he said, No, I need to do something that only a few men in NXT history have done. Okay. 
as I've told you before, you do realize that he can't just be like, I'm going to, there's seven other people in this match. Yes, but I'm and also, the produ- I, and the I, agent. I think and he's everything. friends no, with. No, in your weird version, it's like WCW and he's Hulk Hogan and he just gets to say whatever he wants. Well, no, no. Like, so, like Adam Cole had to be like, and then you kick out of a Panama sunrise. <laughs> But you do agree like, it's like shitty. Like, Pat didn't get to make that call. Well, he was part of it. He had to have been part of the storytelling. No, you can't get pissed at him for being part of something. That's, yes, like, that's like getting pissed at somebody for being in a car crash and they were in the back seat. All of us were furious with Roman Reigns for years and John Cena and hating them. But that was also part of the book. At that point, we put the hate on the person who's getting getting to do the thing we don't like, which is what I am doing. Pat right, McAfee right. We also at least things. gave it, like, a few months before we did that. We didn't do second match. Like, this is the kind of visceral hate I've heard you give to very few things ever. Well, it's because... The you fr- called this the, one of the worst matches. You called this a two-star match yes. solely because of your hatred of Pat McAfee. No, 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 you no. ignored any Pat, other good spot Pat in the match. Pat was part of it. Pat was the main part of it, but there were numerous other problems because the opening, they had done great. In fact, if this match was Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne in a cage, I would have been fine. And then they just started adding bad shit on top of bad shit on top of bad shit. <laughs> I, I I understand your point, and I agree with most of it. But we we partying. Uh, what is Blake that? hasn't got to talk this whole time, so I'm just dancing with him. Okay, I was I thought there was music playing that I couldn't hear because you two fucks just started dancing, which I guess is a good way to get me to stop on this. But yeah, didn't like the match, and most of it was because of Pat McAfee. Anyways, Blake, who's your heel, Dylan? Who's your baby All face? Right. I guess I'm gonna fucking... I don't want to fight about this, because there's one singular reason why I picked my heel of the week, and that is Don Callis. Um, and it is because... Blake, Blake, tag tag me in when the fight begins, and I will take over. Okay. I'll be your hot tag for this. I just want to say, yeah. The one thing that just, like, made him my heel for the week! Because I like Don Callis usually. It's just that when he teams up, with Kenny Omega, and he cuts a... And when they advertise, oh, Omega's gonna come here and speak, and Don Callis is the one that speaks for the entirety of the promo, then I feel like I get gypped out of my Kenny Omega time. And it's not even a good promo. Like, Callis is a decent promo, but it is very, like... I planned with this man for 10 years on how we were going to do this. And now the time had come. I created AEW because I made Jericho versus Omega happen. And then on AEW, they cut the same exact fucking promo. They did not change it. They did not change it at all. Wow. Um, uh, I will say that, um... I, I completely forgot what my point was on this one. It's just like, oh, it's what I told you uh, when we were watching it, Scotty. Uh, after it was over, I said there was a good promo in there somewhere <laughs> yeah. because I you just feel like it, it went on. Yeah, it just went on for so long. It's like if you really just work this a little bit more, you could cut out the good bits and like make this a good segment for both of you. 
Well, I mean, we'll get into this later, but Kenny is best when he's a heel, when he is playing an over-the-top villain. And that's what they're doing. They really are. It is, this plan was multiple years in the making. <laughs> we did this. It's just Kenny's not... Kenny's not going all the way with it. Kenny almost seems watered down to me in this now, I will so say, far. The best part of that promo was when Kenny um, point like when Callan said do the thing, and Kenny did the thing, and after he said bang, it looked like he came. <laughs> uh, fun fact: Guess what happened on AEW? Kenny, Kenny, do the thing. Oh, let's do the thing. I haven't done it in years. No, you did it yesterday, bud. You did it yesterday, actually, fella. You you did it. You pointed at the camera and you said, bang. We watched it because you told us to. Although that being said, this is a great opportunity for Impact and AEW, so I don't besmirch them for that. I well, just it, like... Well, well, it's not because it's a one-off. Change it up a little bit. It, it's a one-off according yeah. to multiple sources, so it was a great opportunity exactly. for them. I mean, it is. It's a great shot, especially for Impact, who, like, you get some of the AEW crowd in yeah. that, like, and just just to see it again if they've written impact off and then they're like maybe they or put maybe on a, not after that promo i mean they from what i saw they put on a really fucking good show so for all the people who showed up i mean they got to see a good show and it'll make them come back to impact and maybe give it a second chance so i i appreciate that it's just god don Callis. he he promos like i i, I okay i'll make this comparison he promos like dylan at the beginning of jwf <laughs> Not now, because Dylan has grown as a performer, but, like, in the beginning, that's what Don Callis delivers. Oh, <laughs> uh, speaking of, you should go back and watch our uh, original JWF uh, rewatches. Patreon! Uh, on the Patreon. And you get to see us when we did that for promos, because we were reading them as they scrolled across the screen in WWE 2K15, I think. All right, Dylan, I'm pressing the mute button. Your rebuttal, go. Okay. <laughs> I gotta figure out where to start with you two. Alright, we'll, we'll, here, we'll start at the beginning. Don Callis talks in this relationship specifically to give you less Kenny Omega talk time because they're heels and they know that's what the fuck you want. Well, yes, but and I, I no, 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 no. Uh, shut up! I didn't talk during your entire thing. Okay, I do have a rebuttal after this. Then okay, no, no, no. Let's 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 go for it. Sure. Um, I thought about that because I used to be that guy because that that used to make the arguments of like it's okay that MJF wrestles these slow, methodical matches because he's the heel, so you want to be bored, so you get more heat on him. You're waiting for the baby face to come in. But that works in a match, because when MJF is, like, beating the shit out of Moxley and it's slow and methodical and boring, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You're waiting for Moxley to pop off. When it's a one-person segment, or in this case, two, you you have to still be entertaining. Like, MJF is still entertaining when he's doing heel shit. And I, I think it does a disservice when your heel is, like... I'm going to do a worse job and make a worse segment because I'm the bad guy. And I think that's just, that's bad logic in my mind. Like, villains can be entertaining. See Loki, see Killmonger. You can have good, entertaining villains, and it, it doesn't lessen the product to say, 
I'm going to take away the entertaining villain and instead give you Justin Hammer from Iron Man 2. Okay. Actually, no, that's, not that's, un- to- that's unfair to Justin Hammer. <laughs> we give you whiplash. Ah, you're really funny. Okay, so I understand that you guys didn't like the promo. I did. I understand your thing about it happening twice. That was because, like you said, it was an impact one-off that they probably did to do Don Callis a favor because they're using him in the storyline. Like you saw, there was a giant bump yeah. in numbers, and nobody on AEW, which has 10 times, 15 times the number of viewers, was going to watch that. So there's no need to really keep continuity with that. Yeah. So I'll. So there's no real... That's, that's a mute point. I enjoy... The way that they're doing this. I like the way that they're playing out and laying out all of the storyline, all of the history for why Don Callis is doing this. I really like the fact that he's mocking openly Tony Khan to his face and pretending that, like, he's smarter than him. I like that. I enjoy the story yeah. of, 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 hey, I've been in this business forever and you're just here. I did, uh, I will say, I did I like, like the fact that Don- um, he had a really good line, which was, you invited me into your home and then I turned and I ruined everything. Welcome to the wrestling business, kid. That was fucking great. I liked that a lot. Like, that's what they're going for. And you say that he made his promo where he didn't. He's, like, they're setting something up. They're doing this to set a precedent. Like, the precedent is that Kenny is here. Kenny's going to do everything. Kenny's going to slowly probably become more of a thing. But you can't really say, well, this is this is making things worse having done them. No, because there needed to be a catalyst for all of this. There needed to be a catalyst for the heel turn, for him to be acting this way. For the love of God, wasn't Kenny Omega's idea to get the bus in the first place, but it inspired Kenny Omega to get a fucking helicopter because they were marking out to each other. And you got to see Kenny Omega coming in in a helicopter. So don't tell me that segment was bad. You can suck a dick. This is uh, the part that I like to call, um, this is what I thought of as, what I'm hoping I'll look back on as the uh, Age of Ultron part of this storyline, where I did not like it at first, but when it was put into the greater context of the Marvel storyline in the MCU, then it made a lot of sense, and I liked it. See, I liked the the promo. Like, I didn't, sh- I don't, we have a difference of opinion. I guess so, because it was great. Yeah, it was just not my cup of tea. I understand. I think it's because you're willing to admit that. I I think it's because I came into this expecting the cleaner. I was expecting that fucking New Japan take down Moxley, but instead he was a lot more subtle with it, which is kind of what Kenny's been doing his whole AEW run as being more subtle. But I also think. He's just now becoming a villain, so it makes sense for him to be a little bit more timid. And then as he grows and uh, absorbs, as he becomes a perfect cell, because this is the vibe we're giving on this show, it will come out more. I also think that it's more uh, it's more memorable for people that like uh, know the history between them so well. So yeah. I could totally get like who they were gearing that towards. Yeah, and it's the fact that like like it it sounds like Scotty, you were you were more upset about it because it didn't meet your expectations of what you wanted. But like, it's the two week rule, man. Yeah, you can't yeah. just be like, well, it wasn't exactly this. 
AEW <laughs> never does that. <laughs> they haven't the whole time. They've got they one, one time where something. I'm giving them uh, one, they got more, one week. more week. Yeah, that's fine. Well, no, no, this counts because the match doesn't count. They didn't get to do a promo for that. Actually, if you count by that, then it started off great because he got hit with a microphone. They ran because that segment was great where they peeled out in an SUV and said, <laughs> see us on impact, motherfucker. That was great. So, you have to start the two weeks from today. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll, st- uh, I'll I'm start more than willing from to do Tuesday. That, He's got to do real good on Dark. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gents, no more... Up- we just did the end discussion right now, so we don't have to worry about that. Let's get into our baby faces of the week. Oh, really? I held back on that because we were having the last segment. Oh, well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We can't. We can't. Omega can, can have another person. Okay. That was, it can happen. I like to think his, that that his was His personality Dylan. is diverse. I believe in his acting <laughs> skills. <laughs> I, I like to think that that moment of silence you took earlier before you made your rebuttal was you just deciding how much of your power level you needed to use to fight it is. Was. that point. Was, I was literally listening to you guys being like, okay... We have to have this for later, so I can't just say everything. <laughs> I'm gonna edit in the fucking anyway. Speaking power up noise from DBZ as Dylan's sitting there fuming. Anyway, speaking of uh, of hater, hating, I've hated on Marco Stunt a lot for his whole run, actually, um, because he's tiny and it's fun to see him get super kicked, <laughs> but. Not even as a person. He seems like a good dude, but like as a wrestler, you just like just, just kick the tiny flossing motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, Marco Stunt performed this week on uh, Britt Baker's waiting room, and it was so good that I can't, in good conscience, hate on Marco Stunt for anything. I'll still cheer when he gets kicked in the face. I can't help that. I'm sorry. He's a <laughs> tiny man. Just getting, like, just booted. There's something entertaining about it. It's like ragdoll physics in a video game. You just, you can't help it. But, like, his performance fucking slapped. Like, for real. Like, when you're not expecting that, it's like, here's Marco Stunt with an acoustic guitar, and you're like, okay, well, this is, like, a bit, or he's gonna get mugged halfway. Nope, nope, just good, legitimately good performance for five (laughs) minutes. Yeah, he's super talented, man. Yeah, and you're mm-hmm. just like, the whole time, you're just like, oh, oh, wow, wow, okay. It's so, like, now I'm just like, I want uh, I want Marco Stunt to get, like, a, an Elias-type deal where oh, he yeah. just makes an album. <laughs> that goes number one, despite Stunt everyone's expectations. Mark out with Marco. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck that's yeah, great. That's great. All right, Blakey T, who you got? Who's your baby face? Oh. My baby face this week is Tony Giovanni, because realistically, he should be everybody's baby face every week. Um, it really, he really is. Yeah. Um, AEW Unrestricted comes out every week. Him and yeah. Aubrey Evans are always my baby there, faces. There needs to be, there's an addendum, there's an addendum to every single baby face segment, which is, we have to say these because we can't say Tony Giovanni every week. Every week. <laughs> I'm just surprised that it's taken this long. I feel like we've had to have mentioned him before, but, um, yeah, Shivani, uh, he was just, he was great all around this week from the moment, uh, <laughs> that, uh, him and Tony Khan did the, their, uh, advertisement on Impact. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tony says to Shivani, oh, you were in Impact once. Yep, for one day, and then I quit the business for 18 years. <laughs> 
That was the fucking best one-liner yet. He's just such a charming and cheerful person. And my favorite moment for this week was Sting comes down to the ring. And I've got an addendum onto this. Um, and <laughs> Sting's just staring there like cold face crow Sting. And as soon as he gets the microphone, he's like, Tony, buddy, give me a hug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How long has it been? How long has it been? I really appreciate you putting me over, basically. And I was just... He had the Persian ability. That's why I keep, like, bringing up, uh, like, fucking Joker Sting, because it's a level of warmth and Persian ability yeah. and, like, ease of talking that I only really saw him have during that part of his run. And yeah, the that's, best. this is the, goes on to my extra point, um, along with Tony, is that I realized the thing that I have about Sting's promo style, and it's the fact that, like, I uh, there's right below this wafer-thin sheen of the dark-faced crow sting who is the most intimidating person in wrestling for a long time. And right below that, you crack through the exterior, and it's just surfer sting, because he's waiting to come out, baby. <laughs> it's just He's dad. right there. He's gonna just... <laughs> Dad's here! Dad's here, and he's gonna ask Tony to say his name. Come on, Tony. Tony, give one for the people. Come on. It's Sting! Yeah! <laughs> That's our fucking this thing. Is, he started chanting, this is awesome, with the crowd. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing more wholesome Which than that. only Sting can do. Anyone else, I'd be like, no, fuck you. But Sting, I was like, hell yes. So, uh, dual baby face of the week for me for Tony Schiavone and Sting. Because when they were together in the ring, it made me feel warmth and happiness for the first time in 2020. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then the moment where he just looks at Cody and says, I ain't here for you. Oh yeah! <laughs> Shit on him, Sting. You do realize that. You do realize this is the bit where Cody finally turns heel, right? Oh, I'm so fucking hyped! I'm so excited! I'm so happy to see it! I can't wait to. Cody, Cody hitting a crossroads on Sting is gonna be just like next level. Mm-hmm. Well, I, my I baby, just uh, want to imagine the. Oh, real quick! Okay. I want to imagine the moment when Sting walked into AEW that week. Cody's looking up at him expectantly. He yells, Sting, Sting. Cody, I'm not here for you. <laughs> See you around, kid. Best moment of the promo. Uh, my my baby face of the week is honestly the reason why Pat McAfee and the men's war games matches. Uh, because, because like we were talking about with Kenny Omega, I had a preconceived notion of what to expect. And unfortunately, going into the men's war games match, I did get a preconceived mo- notion from the women's war games match, which is my baby face of the week. Because holy fuck, that match slapped. That match was phenomenal. The heels keeping EO out of the ring consistently was so fucking great. Like, EO would finally get back in, and then someone would just boot her out of the ring, and then finally EO says, Hey, fuck you, I have a trash can, and I'm putting it on my head, and I'm gonna yeet in myself into all of you. That was great. Raquel Gonzalez looked like an absolute beast during that match. Oh, there was, like, yes, they did do the thing that I hate in war games, which is every single time a new person comes in, the team dynamic swaps because obviously it has to. But even despite that, after a while, 
the team dynamics stopped swapping. The heel advantage started to become too strong. And just so much shit happened. And there were so many near falls in a row. And I was on the edge of my seat the entire time. Like, I can't remember if it was Shotzi or Candace, but one of them jumped off a ladder onto the other one with a fucking chair on them. It was brutal, it was phenomenal, and then the men's match happened and I got upset because, I don't know, I've been really on my women's, there's two things that I'm enjoying in wrestling right now. Brutal technical shit a la Timothy Thatcher or Kushida, and all women's matches. And that's why, like, with AEW, I get upset because they have obvious women main events that they don't put in the main event, and then this should have been the fucking main event because of everything they were bringing, but they said no put pat mcafee there did uh you guys see um on the subreddit somebody just posted a picture that they got of eo in the trash can midair with just her legs dangling out as she was falling into um this mass of people and saying um try to explain this photo to your friends that don't watch wrestling (laughs) yeah but yeah, it was great. But, but we, then you have to explain the great Sasuke and like right. him fucking jumping out of a barrel off a of shit. Like you basically just have to look at it and be like, dude, Japanese people are fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, also <laughs> speaking of fucking crazy, Shotzi's new tank fires real missiles, and she just decided to fire a missile at. Dakota you see why Kai. I didn't think their team would lose? Okay, how do you have that and lose the match? Okay. <laughs> R- Rusev says hi. God, yeah, that would have been fucking like great. they took the team photo, like they were the fucking Power Rangers. Of course, I thought they would win. <laughs> also, but- by the way, I'm I'm I've discovered I cannot pick team matches to save my life. I'm like one yeah. in three. I, I'm up. I'm finally back up. <laughs> and I yeah, want it didn't the take smoke. me Survivor Series. I should have known whenever this happened. I was like, oh, I lost a bunch of. I, I did poorly at this last year too. This is where I fell behind. Yeah, was like mm-hmm. off of this. Well, now uh, it's, this time it, you. It would be time to get into our in discussion right now, but we already kind of covered it. Anyone have any last words on Kenny Omega and Don Callis? Don't don't mock or don't judge it until the next match happens. Two weeks, two weeks, baby. Two week, two week rule. rule, and also the match because we have to see how Kenny wrestles now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. To, I want to see Kenny, Kenny wrestle. Because Kenny's never had a manager as long as he's been a wrestler. Oh, and, like, wow. yeah, Don Callis. Don Callis is awesome. Like, Don Callis just screams sleaze at the top of, like, his I lungs. Do, uh... Like, you look at Don Callis and you're just like, I bet you smell like cheap, cheap cologne. Yeah. I do enjoy his uh, nickname, the Invisible Hand, which does sound like an indie wrestler manager nickname, but it's it's okay. I, I I made a comparison today, and it may be a little bit too cruel, but I did say Don Callis is great for Impact Wrestling, but not for AEW Wrestling. <laughs> it's the difference between working at a Walmart and working at like uh, an up like a fucking fresh market. Like it's two completely different worlds. Alright, what God did you damn, boys... man. When did you become when did you become the me of bitterness? Like... I don't know, but I did realize that a few weeks ago. I think it might have been on Sunday when I was complaining about the war games match, and I just said, Oh no, me and Dylan have swapped. Me and Dylan have swapped who we are. Alright. Because I'm that 
you you missed it. You missed it. You, you weren't there to like act as mediator. Like the whole time he was complaining, I was just like, "You need to calm down." <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, I think it's because I actually you're letting have Pat to... McAfee ruin your life. I think it's because I actually have to watch the shows now. I think that's what it is. When I didn't watch the shows, it was easy I, I for me. I told you, you're burnt. You're you're burnt out because you're watching four four shows a week. Uh, yeah, see. four shows a week. Three, five. Seven, nine hours of wrestling a week. Half a full day. And you don't even watch Dark. Yeah, oh, yeah. Or that, 205. That would add another 12 hours on if I put Dark on. All right. What did uh, what'd you boys learn this week? Uh, I learned that the only way to lose a War Games match is to bring a tank. So disappointing. I learned that uh, Scotty has an irrational hatred of ex-NFL players. <laughs> yes, and I learned that much. Uh, uh, this is this show has now become that Seinfeld episode where Kramer gets the big chicken roasters sign on the outside of his house that turns him crazy. Except it's watching nine hours of wrestling a week, and it's me turning into Dylan and Dylan turning into me. All right, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> Wow, that Seinfeld reference well, didn't get no. Oh, okay. Blake was laughing. I just couldn't hear him. It, it was just. It was like that Don Callis promo. <laughs> it, it was good until it went on too long. Well, no. You see, the plot of the episode is that there's a Kenny Rogers roster that opens up next door. <laughs> it's got a big neon sign in him and Jerry's which apartments. Oh, by the way, we never did talk about that uh, the Dark Order offered Dustin Rhodes the number seven. Oh, fuck. That was... <laughs> Shit, I didn't bring that up did during my... Did he block them on Twitter? <laughs> I didn't bring that up during my review. That was my favorite fucking moment of the night, I think. <laughs> Join us and at then, seven. And then Dustin... Dustin goes to make this, and then he just slaps the shit out of Uno. Yeah, uh, that was that was great. Oh, and we didn't bring up the fact that um, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins have a baby who is a a, a flour and cream based sauce named Rue. Mm-hmm. And since we're talking about Shield babies, uh, apparently uh, Renee did a gender reveal, and they're having a girl. Oh yes. Uh, wait, is. Is Seth and, Seth and Becky's baby's a girl too, right? I think it's a boy. I think he's a boy named Rue. Oh, is it a boy? Let's see. I'll find out while I do that. Uh, I'm just like, a boy. Hold like, on, hold on. Did you did you literally say it's he's a boy named Rue? Yeah, boy yeah, named Rue. Yeah, he went there. Oh, it's a daughter. Daughter. Oh shit! It sounds like okay. Sue. So this continues. <laughs> so so here's the thing. Um... I have this long-running theory that pro wrestlers can only have, like, in America, can only have daughters. I... Like, of this generation. Like, the 80s and stuff, they had they had sons. But for some reason, like, Triple H's generation and forward, only daughters. Nobody has any... No one has any sons. There's what? not going to be another generation of male wrestlers based off the stars of this generation. What did There's Ciampa? None. Nope, Ciampa had a girl. <laughs> Ciampa had a girl, too. I'm not just sitting here going, like, what wrestlers have babies? <laughs> the Rock, the Rock's kid that became a wrestler? His daughter. His daughter, yeah. Daughter. Um, mm-hmm. Austin doesn't have any kids. This episode will Flair never had- end. <laughs> 
Yeah. Oh wait. You're welcome. Bree and Daniel Bryan's second child is a boy. No. <laughs> Transgender. He's going to become a. He's going to become an environmentalist hippie. He's not going to become a wrestler. <laughs> that is prob. Good chance. Bree's going to become a technical spectacle, and he's going to start ripping arms off of people. You know that's how it's going to go down. Yep. <laughs> Alternately, it's perfectly fine for that child to grow up. built-in wrestling name. It's perfectly fine for that child to grow up transgender to prove Dylan's point. That is a very likely thing that may happen. It's okay. Blake, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Network doing BS Network things and talking about wrestling so much. So much. Oh, and you can find me on Twitter at ScottyMo, S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O, and check out all the other podcasts, including the mini adventures of Sa- Sammy Magic, which hopefully won an Audioverse Award. I don't know. And you can find that at com. Special thanks to Mega Ran for our theme song, Fighters, from his Mega Ran, Mega Ran. Mega Ran, Mega Ran, Mega Ran. Love Mega Ran. Um... And as always, you can find us at aloadedpurebs.com. Step up to the merch table at merch.aloadedpurebs.com. Find us on Facebook, donate to the Patreon, and join us on Discord. And remember to follow us on Twitter at Fight Boys Show Sting! Because when you're a fight boy, you're a fight boy for life!